Amen. So we've been talking about healing, and this is healing week five. Healing can be yours, right? And uh, we've said this each time, but I want you to say it. We talked about the importance of it and say, I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. Now say it like you believe it. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. Hey, what happens if you actually got healed? That's what would happen, right? All of a sudden, Whoa, yeah, right? All right, let's say it like that. I may have come in here one way, but I'm leaving healed. Amen. There you go. All right. So you got to get that on the inside. These things of God, they're intentional and they're purposed. And when you get intentional and purposed, that's when you connect with God's promises. All right. Even if you're in perfect health, we are ambassadors of God and we have a responsibility to raise our faith for healing and for ourselves and for others. We have a responsibility. And then the word says, these signs shall follow them that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are we seeing those signs? Are we seeing them? You're right. Some of us are seeing, we're seeing them more and more, right? But have we been seeing them like we should? No. Okay, what does that mean? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Then we need to hear the word on this and we need to grow. Uh, well, whose responsibility? What if I never get up here and I never preach a message on healing? Are you still responsible to have signs following you because you're a believer? Are you responsible for it? Yeah. So even if I never preach a series on healing, which I would be wrong not to, but let's say that I don't, then are you still responsible yourself to get in the word, study to show yourself approved, and grow in the ability to grow in healing? Absolutely. You're responsible for that as a believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. So you have a responsibility as a believer to get to the place where you are laying hands on somebody and they're being healed. And it can start with you, right? Here's the thing. Uh, I wish I had a sword with me. Amen. Right? A lot of times what we have is uh, we have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, right? Just pretend I have a really cool one right here. Amen. Hold on, I might have something for that. No, <laughs> there's an app. Amen. All right, so we have the sword of the Spirit. But watch this. If I went up, I saw a video not too long ago about an Olympic fencer, uh, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you, sir. That is on the ball. Glory to God. All right. <laughs> I feel so much better now. Amen. So the other day, I saw a video about the sword, right? And a fencer. And there was this fencer that was going up against these people that uh, had never sword fought before. And they're, and they're thinking, well, I know I'm probably going to lose, but if I can just like get one point, I'll be good, right? And one of them did get one point, but this, this Olympic fencer fought three or four people 
And there was one guy at the end that like, and got one point, you know, just kind of, and, and got one point. Everybody else, they didn't even give a point. She just wore them out. You like the sound effect? And so it makes it so much better with this. Glory to God. And so anyway, and uh, we got these for our parking. And this is like my favorite thing we've ever bought at Boomerang. Amen. <laughs> this is awesome. And uh, so, so anyway, these, these guys thought they understood. I'm not going to go in here and win against an Olympic fencer. Why? She's got training. She knows what to do. She knows how to wield the weapon. Do you, do you think, how, how are you going to do in wielding the sword, the spiritual weapon? How are you going to do if you've never trained with it and never practiced? So you don't, you don't just walk up to somebody who's you know, dead and raise them up from the dead just because you feel like, well, I read it in the Word once. Uh-huh. No, you've got to train. Yeah. You've got to put this into application. In other words, it starts at home. Just last night, I had something attacking my body. Anybody had any attacks on their body since we've been talking about healing? Isn't that funny? It says the enemy comes immediately to steal the seed of the word, right? And so you've got to recognize what he's doing. He's just trying to get you off off target, right? And all of a sudden, he's just trying to discourage you and get you off from those things. But just last night, I had a challenge in my own body, and I was sitting there, and and what am I doing? I'm working on myself. I'm learning at home how to wield the weapon, how how to parry, how to attack, right? I'm I'm learning how do I wield this weapon. I'm practicing on myself. I'm practicing on my family. I'm keeping myself sharp so that when I go up against a real issue or a bigger issue, I'm ready because I've given myself to that. See, many people in the church think that because check, I went to church this Sunday, now when I pray, everything's going to work. I'm just going to magically grab all the skill of wielding a weapon, and I'm going to know what to do with it, how to do it, I'm going to understand everything that's actually happening in the Spirit, and it's going to work. It doesn't work like that. The Word says, study to show yourself approved. So no matter it, whether you're a brand new believer or you've been, you've been praying over people and seeing them healed for years, we still have a responsibility to keep sharp, right? Yeah. To keep sharp, to keep on our game, to understand how to do this. We can't just lay it to the side. Has anybody ever had something in the Word, a promise of God, and you've gotten good at it, and then over time, all of a sudden, you, you don't look at those scriptures and it kind of fades, right? Because you've got to put this word in, uh, in the Old Testament. It says, uh, put this word in your, keep them in your heart and put it in your mouth and in front of your eyes. The, in Joshua, it says, meditate on it day and night. I ought to be thinking scriptures about healing. This is biblical. This is command. And yet what we do basically is we just like wake up, go through life, right? We know that God's on our side, but we just expect him to do everything. And we just sit back. I'm going to go through my life. You fix it all. Okay. And there's even teacher. 
You know, hey, don't worry about this. You know, I've seen memes. Don't worry about this, baby girl. God's got this. Yeah, God does have it. But in his having it, having it, one of the things he's told, he said, you resist the devil. You learn, study to show yourself approved. He's given you the ability to walk the thing out. And it, even in Joshua, it says, when you meditate on my word day and night, then you will make your way successful. You will do it. And in other words, if there's any power that flows through you, it's God. It's not you by yourself. You're just deciding, I'm going to line up and I'm going to partner with God. And when you line up and partner with God, you're going to find that he's there to back you up. But you've got to grow up in these things. You can't just expect, you know, it's like the, last night we had those little uh, things that they gave us uh, at lead 18. They look like little swords. Anyway, and Luke that Nicole was talking about earlier, Luke's like, you know, attack! You know, he's just coming after me with this, you know, foam sword thing. And, uh, and I was like, all right, fine. We're going to show little Mr. Man. And so I went, and the first thing I did was he only had one. I grabbed two, right? Why? Because I've been here before. I know how this works. You know, daddy's no dummy. I got some experience he doesn't have. Second thing is, I know that if I overwhelm him with action, he'll go like this, right? And, well, I'm just teaching him. And so I just overwhelmed him. You know, as a good father should. And, uh, and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, ah! And he's like, hold on a minute. I'm like, okay, this is good. He's thinking, right? He runs. He gets his second sword like that's going to make a difference. And uh, anyway, so then he comes back and he's got his two swords and everything. And it was a big fun time and, and everything. But what was the difference? He can think all he wants to. He's going to beat me. Mm -mm, not happening. He, yeah, uh, no. No, 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 this is dad we're talking about, right? Why? Because I have more experience than he does, plus I have size. Right? How big are we in healing? How skilled are we in healing? Have we been practicing it? Have we been applying it to the headache? Have we been applying God's word to the aches and pains? Are we learning how to wield the sword in spiritual terms? Are we, are we strengthened with all God's might? Or have we just been letting life happen to us and then wondering why God doesn't show up? No, no, no. God's shown up. We haven't. We haven't. Oh, I've heard that message on healing again. I need to hear another message on healing because faith comes by he hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I need to hear it again, and I need to hear it again. I need to hear about the goodness of God, right? It's like the, the mini message you got before worship, right? And, and here it's talking about, look, you've got to forgive yourself and you've got to love yourself. You can't love other people unless you love yourself. What's that got to do with healing? Do you realize that holds the majority of people back from healing and receiving anything from God because they can't forgive themselves? They can't, because of that, subconsciously, they can't believe that God will either. They can know it mentally, but in their heart they can't believe it. It's got everything to do with healing. And how do you know that? Because I've gone through that process. I've, I've gone through where I didn't believe, like, like, Lord, why should you bless me? 
And I had to get to the place that he wants to bless me because I'm his child. And he just loves me. Just like he just loves you. And you're his child. And all of a sudden, when you get revelation of that, you start to realize, all my mess, he saw all that and died for me anyway. What? He saw everything I was ever going to do, and he died for you anyway. And then he says in Romans 8.32, if he will not spare his own son, how will he not freely, with Jesus, give you all things? Well, healing's a part of that. How would he not give me healing if he'd give me a son? Oh my goodness, he loves you. And so if, when you get to the revelation that he loves you, all of a sudden you, you're like, it'd be stupid for me not to receive. That would be crazy. But see, what is that? What are you doing? You're growing. When you, when you start to understand, you're starting to learn, you know. Can you imagine Luke Skywalker pulling out his lightsaber and just fighting but never turning it on? Like, uh, dude, it's got to be on first. Can you see the parodies? That, all, that would make a good parody, right? It's like, hey, um, like, like I don't want to fight you if you don't know how to turn that on, you know. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of embarrassing, Luke, you know. You're like, dude, turn your lightsaber on. I mean, I... Yeah. I know you had a movie and everything, but if you don't turn it on, this is going to be short, right? And yet, see, the devil, he's vicious. He'll just kill you. And yet, we don't realize that this sword turns on by faith. There's a whole bunch of people, they're holding up a sword. It's not even on. It's not even on because they don't even have faith to believe it. They don't understand how faith works with healing. They don't understand in the spiritual what's really going on. That they're already in Christ. That this thing's already done. They don't even, and so there's no faith. It never even turns on. So how important is it for us to become acquainted with what the Word says about healing? Oh, it's big. How important is it for us to let God forgive us and give to us? How important is it for us to learn the mechanics of faith? To learn the mechanics of hope? These are eternal things. To learn the mechanics of love. But yeah, you can hear, I heard people talking about like Brother Hagin. Well, if you've heard one Brother Hagin message, you've heard them all. I'm like, you hadn't heard any of them apparently. Because it's like, well, he always talks about faith. Well, first of all, God told him to talk about faith, but there's a whole lot to faith. There's a whole lot to it. But see, that's the attitude that we'll have. That's the same attitude that the Israelites had. They're walking through. Their heart had become hardened. Like, I know God did miracles for us, everything else, but those are big giants. Wow. We can't go in there. I know, I've heard about faith already. I know how this works. I've prayed for somebody before and they got healed. So I don't need to hear this healing message. And what happens is we close down and we don't even learn the mechanics of stuff. And then we get up in front of somebody who actually knows how to wield spiritual weapons. And we step up like, well, I'm a child of Jesus. I go to church every Sunday. And the devil just kicks our tail. He just kicks it. And then we're like, oh yeah, Jesus is so good. Come to my church. And he's like, but you were sick for a month and a half. And you were complaining because you don't have any money. 
and this and that and everything. And so the testimony that we actually give off because we haven't studied to show ourselves approved is one where people are the world. Now, Christians may be like, yeah, we need to go to church because you've received some love, but the world could care less. I don't care about going to church. Give me something. What can you give me? How can you help my life? And if it's not real, if it's not genuine, why would I go do that? And so the church needs to be carrying something. It needs to be a carrier of the reality and the power of God. In other words, we're carrying something. And all of a sudden, you reach out and you're carrying something. You've got hope in you. I mean, everything comes against you. You should be hearing this testimony on a regular basis. You should be. If you're not hearing this, then there's something that you want to grow in. Okay? You should be hearing this. You know... I see all the time stuff coming at you and nothing gets you down. How come nothing gets you down? How come you're not beat up, broke, busted, and disgusted like everybody else is? It's amazing. Why does that happen to you? Why Why should we be hearing that testimony? Because it says in here, it says that you're supposed to be able to give an account for the hope that's within you. Whoa. And turn that back down. <laughs> Amen. You should be able to give an account for the hope that's within you. In other words, what that means is somebody's going to see something in you that catches their attention that's real, that's genuine, that's powerful, that you're walking in. And no matter what crosses your path, the joy of the Lord is on you. You're not beat up. You're not broken down. You've got hope. You've got the glory of God walking. And they're like, I want to be like that person. Now, when the world sees a person like that, all of a sudden the world goes, I, I want some of that. I want some of that. That's real. That's genuine. You know, we talked about it before, but it's like all these superhero movies. Why? Do you realize that on the inside of us, we are a spiritual being and we are created for spiritual things. We were created for big, big stuff. We are made in the image of God. You were made in the image of God. You were created for great things. No matter who you are or where you come, you were created for great things. And yet, what the church as a whole, has basically done is said, yes, you were created for great things. Now let's go do something that's very worldly. It's very worldly. And, and yet, so what do you have? You have a generation now that doesn't really know about church, could care less about church, but inside of them, they still have a craving for something supernatural, something big. They have a craving. Why? Because God made them that way. So now all of a sudden, what are you seeing? You're seeing all these movies about superheroes, about the supernatural. Why? Because, look, Hollywood knows how to appeal to the desires of mankind. And even though this may be a godly desire, they know how to tap into it without giving them God. We ought to know how to tap into it, but give them God. And that means we walk in the power of God. We walk in the real. Last week at Kickstart, we saw the power of God. Some of us saw more pieces of it. We saw the power of God released in people's lives. 
There's, there's even guests that we had come uh, that were from other churches. And they went back and they told their pastor. They said, I got a touch from God at that place. I got touched. I got, in other words, I got blessed at that place. They carried it. In other words, we're supposed to be a carrier of those things. A carrier of those things. We're not supposed to make excuses for it. We're not supposed to walk away from it. We're supposed to be a carrier. A carrier of the supernatural power of God. There are heroes. They're called the children of God. And the reality is they were made in His image and designed to operate just like Jesus. Empowered by Jesus. And that's you. You can be that person. You can walk like that. You don't have to be a pastor to walk like that. You can just be a Christian. Just a believer and walk like that and carry those things. And even as I speak, as I speak like this, religion, if you have religion in you, you're going, now, now you can't say that to everybody, or I don't know about that. That's what religion will say. But if you're listening to just your whole, the Spirit that's connected to the Holy Spirit, right now what's going on is saying, yes, I can be that. I need to be that. I need to walk in that. If you're not hearing that, then you need to check religion in you. A lot of times, and when we're listening to a message and all of a sudden we're like, eh, like this. If somebody's preaching the word, but you got that, yeah, I don't know about that. That's religion or that's the area of your flesh that's ruling instead of the Holy Spirit. I've learned, I learned that years ago. I'd be sitting in a service and all of a sudden I'm like, hmm, I don't like this. Now, it depends on who, who I was at. If I didn't know them, if I didn't know where they were coming from, then that's one thing. You know, if they're preaching something that's anti-word. But when they're taking me to the word and showing me scripture and, and, and talking about how we were made in the image of God, made in his image and his likeness, you will do these things and greater. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. You have been made in uh, Peter. You are made partakers, partners of the divine divine nature of God. You're going to walk out all of this. Who will freely give you these things and all things? How will He not freely give you all things if He would give you the life of Jesus? All this is pointing to the fact you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The church, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. What will separate you from the love of God? Nothing. Do you know what He wants to pour out in his inheritance in you. I pray that your eyes of understanding would be enlightened to the greatness of his love, of his inheritance in the saints. For the overcoming, overpowering power and love of God that you were called to overcome the devil. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony and you love not your life unto the death. We're overcomers who's always leading you to triumph in Christ. Who's always Always providing a way of escape, no matter what you see or what situation. All of these, these are victory verses where God has promised you more than what you've been seeing. And you can either fight that, at which point you find yourself fighting God, or you can say, in your spirit, all of a sudden your spirit goes, I want that. I, I, I want, I, 
something in you, even if you are, even if, this morning we prayed for boldness, even if you're not a bold person by your worldly nature, inside of you, your spirit's bold. It says that believers are bold as a lion, you know, right? Inside of you, your spirit is bold. And even if in your mind and in what the world's taught you, you're not bold inside of you, when you become a believer, you become righteous. It says the righteous are bold as a lion. You see a lion backing down from a fight? Mm-mm. Mm. You see a lion backing down because he doesn't think he's going to win? Mm-mm. It doesn't happen. You're bold. You take that boldness up there. Ain't nothing really scaring him. The only thing that, that would scare a, a worldly lion is another lion, basically. Other than that, he ain't backing down. He's saying, look, and, and think about that. When he's saying, as, as bold as a lion, he's saying, as a man speaking, that lion's not backing down from me. He's not backing down. We're bold. See, our spirit man, even though the world may have taught you to be timid, yet your spirit man, ooh, is chomping at the bit, is ready to go, ooh, ooh, give me that power of God. Give me that power. And so a lot of times what's going on is we're sitting there and our religion and worldly teaching will fight against those verses. And that's where you've got to watch out because you're going to find yourself in opposition to God. But then all of a sudden your spirit's going, ooh, ooh. Oh, give me some of that. I, I want some more of that. I, I need to walk like that. Yeah. Now, you might not let that out of your mouth yet, but inside, that's what's happening in your spirit. If you're born again, that's what's happening. Why? Because that truth, it starts lighting you up. Starts setting you free. And it starts drawing you to the place and the plan of God that's been in your life ever since you were created in his image and his likeness. All of a sudden that truth's trying to bring you to the freedom of his plan. It's trying to get you there. And your spirit just gets happy. It just gets happy. It's just ready to go. And look, I can use it. Look, just last night, devil's trying to attack my body, right? I need it. I need the power of God. I, don't, I need the power of God. I need it in my life. You need it in your life. We need it for the people that are around us. So don't fight it. Go into the Word, see His promises, and let's become the superheroes that God's called us to be. And stop letting the world get all the glory. And let's take that for the kingdom of God and give Jesus the glory in it. That's what we're designed to do. And this is why healing a lot of times, and, and see the problem is when you, when you don't believe this way, when stuff doesn't happen, you have to make excuses for why it didn't work. And you start looking for reasoning. And what is that? That's pride that's saying, I want to be right more than I want to humble myself. That's pride. See, and the, the opposite of that is simply saying, you know what? I prayed. It didn't work. Do you think that I get all of my prayers answered? I don't. I don't. I miss it sometimes. Now, I don't give up until it submits. So in that way, I do. But does it always happen just when Brian wants it to happen? No, it doesn't always. So what? Either this word is not true or I have missed it somewhere. Yeah. Humility says, Lord, help me see where I've missed it. Help me grow. Teach me how to turn the sword on in my life. Teach me how to wield it. In other words, I don't give in to the fact that God's 
uh, word is not true, like the world's trying to teach me, I say, Lord, your word is true. Let every man be a liar, including myself, starting with myself. Where my own flesh is lying to me, your word, I declare, your word is true. That's humility. And then all of a sudden I start to grow in that thing and I learn how to do better and better and better. Very rarely now does there a sickness linger at our house. It may try to come, but it doesn't linger. Even it wasn't long ago, uh, there was a sickness, I don't remember when it was, but everybody who got sick with this was sick for like three weeks. It tried to come in our house, mm-mm, mm, you don't have a right here. Trying to present yourself higher than the word of God that says we're healed. No, you don't have a right here. All of a sudden, here's what I said. I said, no, we stand up, we agree. All of a sudden, no, this must come to a quick end. As soon as we believe, we lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And even if it's not immediate, it is quicker than it ever has been. And while everybody else was dealing with it for like three weeks, we dealt with it for like two or three days. Well, was it perfect? No, I'm still learning. Still learning how to wield the weapon. But it was better than it could have been. Why? Because I've already worked and I've practiced and I've learned. Amen? I've learned and I've practiced. And that's what we have to do. We, we never give up. We just keep growing. We keep learning. And even if we make a mistake, it's not a mistake because we learn something from it. Because if you are humble, you will keep learning. If you're prideful, you'll make absolute statements and start to declare some stuff that's not true. But if you're humble, you'll say, let me find out what, what, where the weak link was in this process in me. Let me find out what that is. It all comes down to humility or pride. And humility is not always quiet. Humility is you come to me. With a sword. But I come to you in the name of the Father. In the name. I come to you in the name of the Father. That was humility. Humility says, who lets this uncircumcised Philistine talk to you like this? That's humility. It's just humility to the way of God, not humility to the ways of the world. That's the difference. Humility to the way of God instead of humility to the way of the world. And those that humble themselves, you look at it in James chapter 4, you look at it in 1 Peter chapter 5, those that humble themselves to the way of God, grace is given. Let me show you this. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. Obviously, we're not on our notes. First Peter 5, 5 says, You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He's opposed to the proud. He's opposed to the proud. Listen, that means that the proud, the prideful, is in opposition to God. 
AKA not going to win. <laughs> this is not going to go your way. That's the losing side. That's the losing side. That's the losing side. Right, look, who knew more in Jesus' time, who knew more about the Bible than anybody else? Besides Jesus. The scribes and the Pharisees. Jesus said daily, they didn't just read everybody else's writings. It said even the scribes and the Pharisees daily searched the scriptures for the Messiah. They knew the scripture and the law better than anyone else. It, they, listen, listen. They weren't just reading all the books by every other author. They were reading the book. They knew the book better than anybody else. The one that counts. And yet, Jesus, the actual Messiah, stood right in front of them. And they completely missed him. And what were they using as an excuse to kill him? Religion. What they didn't want to tell you was control and pride. But they thought they knew something. And their thinking is what set them on the path to hell. And if they didn't repent and humble themselves in their thinking... He said, you're whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones. Humility says, I don't know everything I think I know. Humility is huge. It has everything to do in healing, as you're going to see right here. It has everything to do. And we've got to stop thinking we know so much and humble ourselves and say, Lord, the more I find out about you, the more I find out I don't know anything. I may know more than the person sitting next to me, but what does that count for when you are so deep and so wide? I humble myself to you. Help me see. Teach me. There's a lot of stuff where I have room to grow in. Lord, help me. And that humility will start to open up. And watch what this humility does. Clothe yourself with humility because if you don't, if you're prideful, you're going to find yourself in opposition to God just like the scribes and the Pharisees. And he says this, he says, but God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. God will lift you up, the humble person. Casting all your anxiety on, on him because he cares for you. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But... Resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you may have gone through a period of time, after you may have suffered for a little while, maybe longer than you wanted to. But listen, what's the end? Once the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You will have that victory. You will have that victory. Now, I want you to see something. Watch this. Who was the one who resisted the devil and saw him flee? Jesus. The one who humbled himself. All right, now go over to James chapter 4. 
I want you to see a common thing here. Verse 6, James 4, 6. But he doesn't just give grace, but he gives a greater grace. In other words, there's grace, and then there's higher levels of it. Higher levels of grace. And who does he give this grace to, this greater grace? Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Do you realize that grace is not just his love, but what grace does is it empowers you to have the victory that God wants in your life. In other words, the healing that you need, what empowers that healing? Grace does. Grace. His grace empowers that. But how do we move into his grace? By humility. He says, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says God is opposed to the proud, but grace gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God. Now, what is that saying? Humble yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. In other words, what he's saying is, stop thinking that you got this all together and where you're walking around like Pharisees going, I got all this, I understand it, I know everything. Look at me. I, we've got the power here in this place like a Pharisee. He's saying, turn that wrongful joy into some mourning, break your own heart in humility and come to the Lord. And the context of the whole word basically says, and he'll show you real joy. He'll show you real joy. But you can't sit here like you've got it all together and think you've got it all together. It doesn't work that way. But I want you to see, here are two different passages that talks about humility and in both passages where it talks about humility and grace, what does it say about the devil? Resist him and he will flee. I would, I would maybe say this. I'm not maybe saying it, but I'm, anyway, you'll catch up in a minute with what I'm thinking. I would say this. It's very possible that the reason why the devil's not fleeing us is because we're not humble. If you see that twice when he tells us to get humble, then resist the devil and he'll flee, maybe the reason the devil's not fleeing is because we had not been humble. And we pray, and we pray, and we pray, and we pray. Lord, take this sickness from me. Take this sickness, take this sickness from me. Take, take it, take it, take it. And he's like, you're not humble. I want to, but I can't get... My stuff, you're, if you're not humble, you set yourself in opposition. And I want to get my good stuff to you, but because you're in opposition, I can't. It's a hardened heart that I can't take into the promised land. It's a hardened heart that I can't take you to the fullness of the promise because of a lack of humility. I thought I knew how to do it because I went to church and I learned a few things. No, no, no. This is a constant process. This is a lifelong thing where we learn how to wield the sword of the Spirit. Where we learn 
how to operate in the healing of God. And what is a symptom that we're walking in this correctly? Those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If we're not seeing that on a regular basis, then what does that lead us to? There's some humility I need to put on. Humility has everything to do with healing. And there's some humility that we need to put on. Now, I'm, I'm going to give this. I, I don't normally do this like this. But I really feel it this morning that I believe this is what the Lord wants. I'm going to read this again. In verse 9 it says, be miserable and mourn and weep. By the way, we know that the full counsel of the word wants to lead us to the fullness of joy. So he's talking about your flesh here. That's, a, that's talking to your flesh, where your flesh has missed it. It's not talking about the fruit of the spirit that he wants to lead you to. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace. So he's talking about the flesh here. But he's saying you need to get to that place. If you've got any questions about that, come see me later and ask me a question about it, and I'll help explain it. But this is what I want to say. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You can go ahead. Submit, therefore, to God. Humble yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. All right, now listen. These are commands to us. These are commands. 